He is risen, isn't he? Glory to Christ. Yeah, so um, pretty good seeing those Street Pass videos because uh, I've been picked up a couple times by the Street Passes in my past, but um, had a few lollipops. It's all part of the glorious story of Jesus' redemption for me. But good morning, everyone. If you don't know me, my name's Alex. I'm uh, 24 now. Yeah, man. Gave my life to the Lord when I was 19. So we've had five years of wonderful journey with Christ. I'm married to Anna. She's awesome. She cares for me. Um, but it's just heavy on my heart this morning to share with you the basic of our faith, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the greatest love story ever, the greatest show of strength and power in history, the greatest show of grace and mercy, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some of us here may have heard it before, which is great. Others may not have. So it's my privilege to tell you Um, because we can never hear enough, guys. You can never graduate past the gospel. It's true, though, isn't it? Um, And I've lost my way already, but it'll be right. But in reality, Christ is returning soon. It's something we forget in this life, in this world, or the world will try and push away from us, is that Christ is returning soon. And when he does, he will bring judgment to the world. This will mean complete freedom and sin, And that judgment for the people that put their faith in Christ and complete loss and judgment for those that choose all the other paths that just aren't Christ. As though that's heavy, but it's a cold bucket of water to your face, I'm glad because I love you. Jesus loves you so much. And today I want to start with that. But first, Romans. Today I'm going to work through a bit of Romans, a little bit of Luke, share some parables. um, Because whenever Jesus speaks, he always speaks the stories. It makes sense to me, don't know about you, but... For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes. The Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us about God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. Firstly, let me start with this. Jesus loves you, right? More than anyone will ever love you. He sees your secret life and your public life, how messy and broken you are, and he still loves you. I say that from complete experience. Um, But how does he love you, you may ask? Well, he came down to live with us. He walked this life that we live in the world we live in, but he never, ever fell to sin. He took the wrath we deserve for our sins on a cross as he died for us. And he died a horrible, painful death, denied that death, and then rose again three days later. Now reigns as king over all. That's absolutely amazing to me. Amen, come on. But firstly, if you're new here or listening online, you'll have many, many, many questions. And firstly, I want to start with sin. It's a big topic, but we have to identify it. It contrasts God's love, because how can he love us? You know, he absolutely loves us, even though we're broken. Sin is disobedience to God's will and God's law. It comes in many different shapes and sizes. From sins like adultery, murder, theft, these are just a few, that we might perceive as big sins, and others such as small sins that we would perceive, like swearing, bad language, all kinds of sexual relationships outside of husband and wife, lying, being prideful or angry, when in reality all are evil. Sin feeds on the desires of our flesh, causing separation from our lovely God. 
It will give you short-term relief and satisfy you for a tiny, tiny moment. But its long-term effects are deadly, and they will keep you caught in a cycle of pain. I just want to back this up with a couple verses. The first one is, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. And the second one is, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of life, God's, is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So much hope there, so much hope. Now, the first point I'd like to make is this, that we've all sinned. Absolutely everyone here, everyone on earth, right, we've all sinned. So it's not a case that we can point a finger at, oh, you're worse than me, or I'm better than you. We are all in the same boat, needing grace, love, and mercy from Christ Jesus and forgiveness. Even if you think about someone that you think, oh, they're perfect, whoever it may be to you, they just ain't. Um, You know, that's true. They're not perfect. (laughs) We're all sinners and we all need a saviour. Everybody, everybody. And secondly, that our sin has consequence. And this is real. And that consequence is eternal judgment from God to us. This is because our God is holy and pure. He must judge the only unholy and unpure. He must. Otherwise, he wouldn't be fair and righteous. And he is coming back. Something we should, we need to take that seriously, that Jesus is coming back. But, uh, yeah. So I'm going to move on to Romans 2. Don't see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient our God is with you. Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immorality that God offers but he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace for God, for all those who do good, the Jew first and also the Gentile. Come on, we want that glory, honor, and peace. But, so, that's a bit of an oof, isn't it? That's a tough one, that great tough flesh. As we realize the reality that Christ is a holy, pure God, this makes him righteous and that we can rely on him as a father because he will never, ever lie to you. But that's where he actually comes in. God sees that we all deserve this death and this punishment for our sin. Yet still, because of his love, he died for us to make a way we can be clean from our sin and anew in him. Notice the second passage I shared back then. It says the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's a free gift. It's free. He's done all the heavy lifting. It's all him. This shows more of his love to us, that he wants relationship with him to be accessed by all people. He wants it to be free. You don't have to do some heroic deed on your own. He's done all the heroic deeds. And it cannot be earned by good works or good deeds in life. Many, many false religions will show you a way to be saved through works and how good of a person you are. But if that was the case, none of us would be saved from coming judgment. Wrong page. Sorry, guys. For example, me, right? My bad list far, far outweighs my good list. So no one could be saved that way. I've heard the old classic, I'm a good person, I'll go to heaven. I'll make it because of good things I've done. This isn't true, right? You have the only way to be saved is putting your faith in Christ. 
he cemented this when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All other ways, they, they won't lead you anywhere good. But Jesus had to die for our sins as the wages of sin is death. Because God is just and holy, his judgment had to be poured out. And Jesus stepped in the way and took that for us. He took it onto himself at the cross. He was broken, beaten, and killed, placed into a grave for three days. And then he rose out of that grave, denied death, and ascended into heaven. He stepped into our mess and made a way. Doesn't this here, that gospel, show his wonderful, wonderful love for us? Freedom from sin. It just fills me with absolute joy to think there is freedom from sin and the judgment that's coming. And that in our day-to-day lives, we can walk with him. We can have a real intimate relationship with God. He doesn't just clean us and then leave us. He comes, he sits with us, and he walks with us. Now, what does that look like for me? That looks like for me every day. When I'm in my van driving along, he's with me. When I'm eating breakfast, he's with me. He's guiding me. He's disciplining me. He's making me, the Holy Spirit is in my heart, making me more like Christ. Because my ways are not right. His ways are. On to Romans 3. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, I love that, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in time past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in the present time. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness, for he himself is fair and just. He makes sinners right when they believe in Jesus Christ. We can be made right, guys. It's, It's epic. It's so good. But how do we believe? Is it enough to just acknowledge that Christ is a historical figure? Someone that we can look back in the past and be like, yeah, Jesus was a real guy, I believe. It's not. Sadly, that in itself is not enough to be saved. If you really want to be saved and believe in Christ, become his follower, I'll use Christ's own words recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. If any of you want to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you want to save your life, but if you want to give up your life for my sake, you will save it. This shows us that we must give up our own way, our own sinful way by a word called repentance. And is Keith here today? Keith, you here today? No? Oh, shame. I was gonna, I'm going to quote his book, Brother Keith. These are his words because they're better than my own. The gospel we preach offers salvation or deliverance from the penalty of sin. We live in a world where sin often, often brushed over as a mistake or a failing. And to use the word sin is looked on as offensive. However, the Bible is clear on the issue of specifically tells us that we have all sinned and all fallen short of God's glory. Repentance is a change of mind and is not a turning away from mistakes or simply failure, but rather from sin. From everything that is offensive to God, the gospel we preach must make clear what sin is. If there is no repentance, there can possibly be no salvation. Tough words, but if you've got a problem, you've got to bring them up with the author. 
to push that onto Keith. But it's true, it's true, man. Like those, those, those are God's words before they're Keith's. Repent and believe. That's what Jesus first preached in Matthew. Repent and believe. And that's amazing, right? On to my next page. But isn't it amazing that by the sacrifice of Christ we can be forgiven to be free from sin and to know God? What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. To be free from, to, that we can be free from that coming judgment. I just want to remind, like, that judgment is coming, but we can be free from it through the blood of Christ. There is freedom. He wants to save us from that and for goodness. It's just black and white, but it's true. When I mentioned about walking with him, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. That third head of God, he imparts into each believer's heart to fill them with love. This love keeps the believer true and pure, making them lose taste and desire for their old sinful ways. For me, I struggled with going out and drinking. I loved it. But now, the Holy Spirit is in my life, and I hate it. I look onto it with disgust, and it breaks my heart to see people go that way. But to share... From now from Romans 5, where it talks about the Holy Spirit being imparted to us. 5, 1 to 11, if you want to read along. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confident and joyfully look forward to the sharing of God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly, dearly God loves us. Because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would be, not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love. Oh, and I've reread it again. Sorry, everyone. Uh, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son, so now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Christ has made, a way, has made us friends with God. We can be friends with him. And later on in John, it just says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. And because I love them and reveal myself to each of them. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind, everything will remind you of me, of everything I've told you. There you go. That's amazing that we can have that. I just want to remind you again of God's love because we, we must talk about sin, we must talk about judgment, but then obviously it's a gospel of grace and mercy. You may be sat here thinking, there's no hope for me, too sinful. I've done too much. Alex is here roasting me, and I've got no hope. <laughs> I'm not, I promise I'm not. There's no condemnation from me. I promise you there's more grace and mercy than you'll ever know. There is. So much more freedom than you'll ever know. 
God is waiting there and ready for you to pour out his mercy and love upon you. I know this. I've experienced it, but I'll get into that later. I'd like to share with you the two parables from Luke that just talk about a repentant sinner. Now, God will pour out his love onto a repentant sinner. First one is if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. I just want to highlight that last bit, really. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. See his mercy in this? His absolute love for you? That he just wants to pour it out upon you, that he himself, God, creator of all, rejoices in heaven. And the next one, just it's easy for me to read because then right next to each other in Luke. <laughs> well, suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. When she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it. When she finds it, she will call in all her friends and neighbors and say, Rejoice with me because I have found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. That's amazing. A genuine love. The world will try and paint this image of God that he's up there away from you, angry, looking down at you, sharpening a knife at the end of the road. When the Bible tells us he waits at the end of the road for you with a ring and a robe to throw around you because he loves you. You've got to come home. Remember how I said no one will love you like Jesus. Notice on both parables, God rejoices, rejoices, rejoices. I feel when I'm having a bad day, I think about that. God's love over us. And I can testify to that. God has made amazing changes in my life. I was living in sin sexual morality and drunkenness I had anger and hatred in my heart and I had absolutely no peace I had no Christ, I had no hope no peace I lived purely for my own desires it was destroying me I had body insecurities and I thought going out and getting absolutely plastered would fill that gap and I thought it would make me more of a man but Christ stepped into my life he saved me when I went to church. I came here. Two of my friends asked me to come. I'd gone to church when I was young in the past, but I had no relationship with Christ, no real relationship with Christ. There was a man doing a talk called Arthur White. He was, uh, they had weights up here, and they were lifting weights. He was sharing his talk. And as he was sharing, it was cutting my heart deep. I looked at him, and I thought, that's me in 10 years, however old he is. Love you, brother. <laughs> um, that's me in the future. If I don't actually turn, if I keep going out, keep partying, keep chasing girls, keep getting into fights and horrible situations. And he'd come to me at the end. He said, Alex, you've got to repent and believe in Jesus. 
And these words, they touched my heart. God came to my heart in that moment like an arrow, struck me. And I knew my life was a mess and I had to pick up my cross and follow him. And me sharing that, I just think there is hope for you, you know. We are all sinners. I won't like, stand here as a sinner and the Lord has redeemed me and he can redeem you, you know. There's a burden for the lost we must all feel, I think. I was in a shop the other day and I was looking at down the aisle at all the people stacking shelves, you know, putting things in their baskets. And I was just with, with the Lord thinking, Lord, there's a possibility that when the judgment day comes, some of these people, possibility, some of these people will enter heaven, some of them will enter hell. And that was breaking my heart. I can't even imagine how the Lord feels when he sees those people. He's just filled with absolute love for us. I just want to stress that enough, really, that his love for us is far beyond what we can feel. Thanks, bro. Now, today, you may be sitting here thinking, I'm an unbeliever or I'm a lukewarm believer feel like Christ is not at the head of your life and you'd like to then I'd love to just open up a space that you can reaffirm your faith, come back to the Lord run to him away from your sin because he's waiting with you, for you with absolute love and joy let's do it can I ask everyone to stand Hold it higher. Sorry, everyone. I hope you've been able to hear me this whole time. Not me just blabbering along. But, okay. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been touching your heart today. I pray he has through my words. And what I'd like to do is I'd like everyone to shut their eyes for a minute for me. Just me and the Lord can see. Everyone shut their eyes. I'm going to pray a prayer today. It's a prayer of repentance and coming to the Lord wholeheartedly. If you'd like to join me in that prayer, I'd like you to lift your hand and just pray it in your heart. Jesus, I thank you that though you are both God and man, holy and innocent, you died on the cross taking the punishment I deserve. Please forgive me for all my wrongdoing. Wash me and cleanse me from my past. Come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior I need. I thank you, Lord, that you rose from the dead. Please share your resurrection life with me. Help me live anew and repent. We say this in Jesus' name.